The following is Tony Lozano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Welcome to another edition of Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Now, Adam is... Uh, is back in town. He's been out of town for a couple of days, which is why we're taping a little later this week. Where were you this week, Adam? Yeah, yeah, I was actually with U.S. Soccer in Kansas City. Uh, we do these workshops uh, occasionally here and there, and uh, we spent 23 hours of pretty intense work going over de-license, coaching education, um, all kinds of stuff. So gave me a lot of homework to do so I was uh, busy with all that but it was it was good really good learning experience and it's great to be at that facility it's really a, a pretty amazing place yeah I I have never been there but I've heard things about it the Kansas City you, you wouldn't think of Kansas City as being like the uh, capital of soccer in America but it kind of is isn't it yeah right now I mean in terms of kind of the uh the starting point, that's where everything is. The coaching education's there. They also split the – it's basically a facility split in half with Kansas City, sporting Kansas City. But there's locker rooms dedicated for U.S. soccer teams when they come in. Uh, the fields there are absolutely pristine. So it was kind of nice. We actually had a little bit of a tour. I went there originally and got the tour when they were still building it. But it was kind of nice to see everything finished up. So I got to go in the USA locker room. That was pretty cool. And uh, seeing how everything's going. So it looks like everything's in good shape. Did you get a chance to watch any Premier League soccer? I watched bits and pieces. Yeah, I was gone. My son was playing in a tournament in Iowa this weekend. But I was able to catch uh, some of the games. And I will talk a little bit about The one game I watched was probably the, the worst one, the Cardiff-Burnley game. I oh, you know, chat about that. I, I watched that one too. All right, well, let's, uh, let's get the audio for this segment. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? Okay, we've already started a little bit here. But uh, the main focus of this show is always going to be the Premier League just because uh, – we are, uh, I consider us ambassadors of the sport. We're trying to uh, bring uh, Americans into this great world of English soccer. And one of the things that happened this past weekend, and I, I hope you don't mind if we just start here, and that is Manchester United. Yeah. Which is not, not your favorite team and not my favorite team, but I'm actually kind of feeling sorry for them these days. It's their worst start in 29 years. Wow. Wow. And yeah, it's Jose Mourinho, the coach, he, he uh, who's he's obviously one of the greatest coaches in the world. Uh, but this happens to every club that he goes to at about the two and a half year mark, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle this year, to say the least. He's certainly um, causing some problems. There's lots of chat about him, as they say, losing the locker room. You know, whether the players are really following him at all, we don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, they looked really poor against uh, this past weekend. And they've got a big game this weekend against Newcastle. So it's going to be very, very interesting to just, see. Just think how, how sad that statement is. They've got a big game this weekend against Newcastle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and, the, and the funny thing is, you know, when we talk about, you know, and actually I think we talked about how Newcastle might struggle a little bit this year. And they have. They're kind of at the, the low end of the table. Um, 
but you know it, you hate to say it but this could almost be a must win for Jose in terms of the the match and if he doesn't get a result who knows what's going to happen well i mean you don't lose to west ham 3 to 1 if you're manchester united and you know west ham is you know they've got some talent on that club and and they did just tie chelsea last week so apparently you know they're better than they uh, appear to be uh, but still when you're when you're man you you don't lose and, uh, and absolutely and you might yeah. have heard this rumor i don't know if this is true or if we're, i'm just completely spouting complete nonsense but uh, i was talking <laughs> to a couple of man U fans this week and they told me the rumor is that uh, the man U is talking to zinedine zidane yes yeah um i've heard that rumor too I've also heard the rumor that he's floating around Florida as well, potentially maybe looking in Miami as a potential place to manage. So who knows where he may be? I can tell you this, though. He will definitely be managing somebody at some point, I think, this next year. Um, you mean after the first be, of the year or you yeah, mean next the first, season? Yeah, after the first of the year, I think. Absolutely. I think he's going to be managing somebody. I've I, I got a good... I, I've got a, probably a good feeling that he's probably going to end up somewhere big, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Man United grab him. Okay, you heard it here first, or maybe second, maybe depending. On you <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the game that you recommended last weekend, and that was uh, Chelsea versus yeah. Liverpool. That certainly lived up to the hype. I, I, I guess you didn't get a chance to see the game, but I watched it. It was unbelievably great. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was kind of unfortunate. My son had a game at the same time, so I was watching that. But I was following it. I was watching it, it was spotty in and out. You know, it's always fun to watch your son's game and then also Chelsea Liverpool on your phone. So that's always fun. But Dad, I'm, saying, I'm well, up to bed now. <laughs> just a second. Hazard's got the ball right outside the yeah. box. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, what a great game, though. It's certainly one of the best ones of the season. Great goal, two like you mentioned earlier, two incredible goals. Yeah, fantastic finishes, and Hazard is just playing at a fantastic level right now. Do you think he's the best player in the world right now? I mean, they don't talk about him in the same breath as Ronaldo and Messi, but you know what is what is he doing that they're you know how is he not in that equation? Yeah, and I I really do think that I think the biggest thing that he's dealing with is the consistency issue, because on years like last year was an average year for him. The year before that, he was the best player of the year. Right. So he's got to do it consistently and score lots of goals. And I think this year he's starting to do that. He's scoring more goals. I mean, that was a left-footed shot into the corner, running away from the goal. That's that's a really hard skill. People don't realize just how difficult that is. And uh, yeah, it was a great shot. And then, to be fair, the, uh, Liverpool scored a great equaliser as well. Probably one of the better goals of the season as well in the, the former Chelsea player, Sturridge, banging it in. Yeah, and Sturridge, uh, that kind of cracked me up. He hit, he hit a long shot from way out. And he just kind of walked uh, after he scored it like, yeah, I knew I was going to do that. Was, you know, yeah. It's like Walter well, Payton used to say, act like you've been in the end zone before. And he certainly acted like it. <laughs> Yes, yeah. And I think it's interesting, kind of a it's a little bit of a tradition in terms of when players who've played for previous clubs they don't celebrate when they score against them. So oh. um 
so Sturridge obviously is a former Chelsea player. I mean, you could you could almost go through the whole <laughs> Premier League. <laughs> Most of the people have played for Chelsea at one point, yeah. but you know it's uh, but that's typical. So they don't celebrate. Kind of a respectful thing. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, watch out for that. So if you see players that don't celebrate sometimes after goals, that's probably because they played for them at one point. Okay, well, that's good to know. Um, so uh, another game, obviously, was Manchester City, which we, we talked about how throughout this whole season so far, uh, either Chelsea or Liverpool, one of those were up on top, undefeated teams. Um, yep. they're, they're still undefeated. But they have ties, and now it's come to goal differential. And if it ever comes to goal differential, Manchester City is going to kick everyone's butt <laughs> because they score so many goals. And once again, they're at the top of the table, and it just kind of has that feel like like they're going to stay there, doesn't it? Yeah, it's definitely there. I mean, uh, it's going to be it's, – it's one of those things where they just – they're able to – I wouldn't say they grind out results, but they just find ways to just dominate games and just win them consistently. And that's, and that's what they do. I mean, I think yesterday was a game where they probably grinded it out in the Champions League. You know, they scored that late winner yesterday. But, you know, they're just so consistent. And yeah. the players they have – when they score one or two, I think often when you, when Man City scores first, it's very difficult for a team to come back. They right. just can't get back in the game because they, they know that they've been opened up and there's a good chance they'll score two or three. Yeah, that's right. So what you're saying is teams play defensively on purpose against Manchester City. And if they lose, if they lose the lead early, then they have to open up the game, which means that there's even more room for Manchester City to score. Exactly, and with all the ta- and with all the talent Man City has, it's just it's a free fall. You know, it's like okay, just walk on through because you get opened up. So yeah, it's, it makes it tough for, for teams playing against Man City for sure. So uh, you were talking about the Burnley game, and I I, I kind of had a thought uh, when I was watching it because um, Aaron Lennon uh, <laughs> plays for Burnley, and it was just I, I just saw the this is apropos of nothing this is just me being me but uh watching a a player with the name lennon on the back of his shirt made me made me wonder if there's also a mccartney a harrison and a star or starkey because richard starkey ringo star's real name so i i looked it up and uh sure enough there there was george mccartney who played for west ham just retired a few years ago there's right. a, a Jack Harrison who plays for Middlesbrough, which is in the Champions uh, Championship for now, I think, right? Yep. Yep. And then Jesse Starkey plays for Worthing. So there you go. Wow. Worthing. Yeah, there you go. I'm not sure what league Worthing is in. Do you know? They're in those low, those the the lower tiers. You you had to research that one a good a good amount for sure. Well, you know, you figure. Um, Ringo is the least important Beatle, so <laughs> so yeah. it, it kind of works that way. All right, so uh, speaking of that game, uh, before I, we go any further, I have an audio because uh, there's some foreign traditions you need to explain to me through yeah. that game. Here we go. And now, explain that foreign tradition, please. And it's not so – this may be something that just uh, as a newcomer, I've only really been following the Premier League for about five years or so. Um, during the Cardiff-Burnley game, the announcers said – let me get this straight here – uh, the announcer said, watching this game is like turning back time. 
Yeah. Now, what is that? What did he mean exactly by that? Basically, it's it's really a situation where you're not going to get this time back. You're sitting here watching the game. It's not the best game by any means, and we're going to have to deal with it. And we feel like we're just going backwards in terms of how they're playing, what's going on. It's not a very positive statement, that's for sure. Oh, I thought and, I thought it had something to do with the style of play. It's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of that in terms of that. I think it's also the time itself. Uh, you feel like you're you're sitting there watching the game, and you're like, okay. "Oh my goodness!" In other words, <laughs> just saying it's a boring game. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right, but but also, uh, I, it, it, you can relate it to the fact that it's kind of an older way of playing the old school back in before the premier league started when i was watching it as a kid it used to be the division one and uh it was all long ball play it up to the striker and then we play off it and that's basically what cardiff does you know they just try to see if they can pump it up to the big guy up top and see if they can score off a set piece although they did score off regular play so that i think that's the first goal they've scored which has not been a free kick or a corner kick or whatever. So and it was credit a nice, to them. It was a nice goal too. Yeah, it was. It was actually good cross first time. Drove it in hard. Yeah, it was. A, it was a nice finish. Yep. But you know, if that if it's if you're seven games in and that's your first goal <laughs> of regular play, it's not a good sign. Yeah, and they still lost. You know, so you and it was against Burnley, and Burnley is not. Uh, you know. Burnley finished in seventh last year, so they had a pretty good season. But they're not one of the best the teams in the league this year, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you when you think of stylish soccer players and teams, Burnley's definitely not going to come up to the top of your list. That's for sure. I mean, right. they're, they're again, they they have. I think they have the smallest budget in the league. Uh, for them to do as well as they did last year it was fantastic. I know good friend of mine uh he's a he's a Burnley fan and uh supporter and grew up in that area so I won't say too much about him but (laughs) but he uh (laughs) but uh but yeah it's 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 just they deal with what they got you know they they get more out of what they have they're kind of one of those teams that with with limited resources they just do very well although they started off poorly this year I think they're starting to kind of work their way back up these last few games Okay, uh, the one other thing that happened in that game that I, I I think I understand, but I need an explanation for just to make sure. Yeah, the the Cardiff crowd was chanting and taunting uh, Joe Hart, and mm-hmm. uh, the, the entire crowd was chanting, "You are England's number four. Okay, <laughs> now that does that refer to the fact that he used to be the number one goalie on the national right. team and is no longer. That's right, exactly. Yeah, so now he's 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 gone all the way down. So it, was, it is quite funny when you think about it how he's gone from being the number one keeper in the World Cup, the previous World Cup, and now he's uh, fourth choice. Yeah, and it, it's funny because Burnley actually has three English goalies. All three of them have been in the English squad at some point. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a weird situation. He, and he's actually, to be fair, he's actually playing fairly well. Well, he played great uh, in that game. He saved the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he's doing well. I mean, give him some credit. Uh, he's doing well, so he's getting back, uh, getting his form back a little bit. But yeah, it's kind of kind of sad that it's, he's kind of slid down the uh, the pecking order a little bit. That's for sure. It was it was funny though. I mean, he had a big smile on his face while they were chanting it. So he he's obviously in on the joke. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they did an interview with him after the game, and he recognized that. He thought that it was quite funny. So, he, he's. I think he's got a good, uh, good manner about it, and he, he understands that it's just fans having good fun. And, and goalies, they got to get used to it. They're standing right behind the yeah, crowd. I mean, the exactly. crowd are just going to be yelling abuse at them the whole game. You know, I, being a goalie is not. I mean, it's not like you can move. You're, you're stuck in the penalty box. That's yeah. the thing. That's true. All right, so he is Burnley's goalie, and we've been talking about Burnley. So each week I give you a quiz about one of the Premier League teams, and this week it's Burnley. Are you ready for this? All right, I'll, I'll give right. it a shot. So we got five questions. This. You have to get three of them correct in order to, uh, to pass the quiz. And so far you have passed every single one. Let's see uh, if your perfect uh, record stays as it is. Are you ready? <laughs> Okay. Was Burnley one of the 12 founding English league teams? Yes or no? Yes, they were. All right. Can you name the other 11? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'll that tell you. Tough. Preston, yeah. Accrington, Stanley, Everton, yeah. Nottingham County, Bolton, Wolves, Blackburn Rovers, Aston Villa, Stoke City, West Brom, and Derby. Yeah, a so, lot of them in that area, the northwest of England. That was where a lot of soccer started, so massive area because you got Blackburn and Burnley. I think it's like 10 miles apart for sure. All right, so you're one for one. All right. This one is about – all right, this one is why are they known as the Clarets? All right, there. I'll give you a multiple choice on this one. Okay. Uh, a, it's the color of their jerseys. B, in the 1880s, Burnley was the main importer of French Bordeaux wine, also known as Claret. <laughs> C, the Duke of Burnley's coat of arms features a claret-colored sword. Or D, a famous Burnley toast goes this way. Cheers, cheers, and though wankers may dare it, we will never drink a bloody cup of claret. <laughs> I'm going to go with the color of the shirt. What? So How did the... you get that right? <laughs> oh. All right. Was, I know it was tough to pick from those other three crazy, uh, crazy ones. All right. So I gave you a free one. That's a free one. All right. Yeah. The greatest player in Burnley history is named, and this is his official title, President James McElroy, MBE, Freeman of the Borough of Burnley. Jimmy McElroy, right? Yes. He played yeah. over 400 games for Burnley in the 60s. What does his fancy title, which is a real title, bestowed on him, what does that fancy title allow him to do that no one else is allowed to do? This is this is a true story, okay? A, get free coal for life. <laughs> B, his key to the city. Opens the city hall bathroom. C. He is allowed to walk his sheep down St. James Street. Or D. His first beer at every pub in town is free for the rest Ooh. of his life. 
That would be a pretty good one. The last one. Yeah, uh, um, I'm going to go with uh, the key to the city. No, you're incorrect. Oh. He's allowed to oh. walk his sheep down St. Oh, James yeah. Street. That's <laughs> part of his title. So congratulations to him for that. I'm sure he takes great advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure he's doing that every Saturday after games. <laughs> All right. So that, that see, that makes up for the easy one. That was a really hard one. Yeah. All right. That was. This one's a little easier. When did Burnley win their last title? Was it A, 24-25, B, 31-32, C, 1949-50, or D, 1959-60? I'm going to go with D, 59-60. Very good. You just saved yourself. You You have made it. You have won. One more time. We've got one more question, even though uh, you've already uh, you've already passed the quiz. Uh, how do you pronounce the coach of uh, Burnley's last name? Sean Dyke. Dyke. Okay. Just want to make sure yeah. I got that correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, saying anything bad. When manager Sean Dyke was named to run Burnley in 2013, what famous manager did he replace? What other famous manager did he replace? A, Sam Allardyce. B, Eddie Howe, C, David Moyes, or D, Roy Hodgson? I think they were a little upset when they lost him. So he's done really well. He's probably at some point going to be the next England manager, Eddie Howe. Very good. All right, four out of five. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Not bad. Yeah, you got to brush up on your sheep, but everything else you got down <laughs> pretty well. If if you people are tuning in, they want to know how you can uh, find this uh, this fine program. Uh, we're at iTunes. We're at Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, if you go to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network page, there's an RSS feed there that you can. Uh, you can subscribe to the show, and we also have a free kicks page on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. All right, so Adam, it is time for my favorite part of the show because I have to plan my DVRing. <laughs> it's time for Adam's TV tip. Now, time for Adam's weekend soccer TV tip. You have given us nothing but good ones so far. The pressure is yes. on you, though, to give us another one. Well, I don't think this is going to be. This is probably going to be the easiest one I've picked all the time here. Top two teams, Liverpool versus Man City, Sunday morning, ten thirty a.m. Should be an absolute cracker. It's going to be, be a cracker. One of, should be one of the best games of the year for sure. So, uh, looking forward to that one on Sunday morning. And isn't Liverpool the only team that beat Man City last year? That's right. That's right. And they knocked them out of the Champions League as well. Right. And uh, yeah, so they've, they've got their number a little bit. Uh, Liverpool's at home. And uh, obviously, it's going to be a great atmosphere at uh, Anfield there. And and uh, it's going to be a really good game. I think they'll both go at it. It's going to be pretty wide open. I certainly see Man City having a good shot at them. But Liverpool's got some great attackers. Should be a really nice game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, too. The DVR will be set. Uh, If you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick, and Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. You can also check out our day jobs. Uh, Anything going on with your day job this week uh, that we need to know about? 
Well, just busy heading okay. down to Grant City this week. I don't think Trump's around, so we're finishing <laughs> up our sea uh, license course, t- testing 21 candidates. Hopefully, they'll uh, do okay. So busy grading their papers, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then I'll be hanging out doing another clinic in Moequa, Illinois. Wow, just out just outside of. Uh, Decatur. So we, 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 we're all up and down the state, that's for sure. And uh, and then I'll be back. So next week, it'll be a little bit easier. This is a busy week this week all over the place. So uh, because Adam is the technical director and the director of coaching of the Illinois Youth Soccer Association, I'm the author and publisher uh, at EckhartsPress.com, also the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. The executive producer of the podcast is Tony Lasano of Opi Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And after hitting the hot spots of Granite City and other places I cannot pronounce, Adam will be <laughs> back again next week uh, with me to bring you another episode of Free Kicks. <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Losano or Los. Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. I'm Rokan. <laughs> Do you like to talk about politics? I actually don't. Politics, the problem is, I'm, I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like uh, discussing it from that left right paradigm the way that, that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the, either, you know, the hosts are either, you know, very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, and most of them are very far to the right. And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. Yeah. I would say that two-thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe anything that they're saying. Yeah. They're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple of things that worry me about the future. I'm, I, this is, I'm getting to be an old man, because it's like, I, all of a sudden, you know, back in my day, we didn't have <laughs> Armenian girls having sex with black guys. <laughs> you know, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And this is not against, you know, the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy, because I, I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, but I, I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a centrist. I could yeah. see both sides, and I decide who's who's got the better idea at that moment right. that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always right. some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and no. most of the right stuff doesn't make any right. sense to me. Well, I've always said MSNBC and Fox News, neither of them are news channels. They're no, entertainment no, no. Channels. Oh, and that's all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the labeled news on it and presented like news. Right. And it's like, no, it's just talking points. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertaining. And I've worked in cable news, yeah. and I use that term loosely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know you I think know. that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN. Yeah. To bring this around full circle, he was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Glenn... Yeah. As a showman. I mean, he's he, he didn't get in this for the right. politics of it. Right, right. I think Rush truly believes what he says. Really? I do. I yeah. always thought of him as more of an entertainer uh-uh. than anything. No, wow. I think he really believes it. Mm. And he's very he's entertaining at doing it. He's yeah. very entertaining at doing and it. And he could do it without calls. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's what I'm very saying. few guys can do that. Right. There's Everybody in conservative talk radio has a first and last name. That's like the same thing. Hugh Hewitt. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like Lou Lewis. And there's guys. I mean, there, literally, there are guys that, yeah. you know, Tom Tom. Thompson. It's like, really? You think we're that stupid? We can't remember your name? 
And did you have to name it yourself twice? You should have been Roro. Asshole. <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.